0: We left off last week in Daniel chapter 2, verse 36. This was the dream. Now we will tell the king its interpretation. You, O king, the king of kings, to whom the God of heaven has given the kingdom, the power and the might and the glory, and into whose hand he has given, wherever they dwell, the children of men, the beasts of the field, and the birds of the heavens, making you rule over them. You are the head of gold. Another kingdom inferior to you shall arise after you, and yet a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. And there shall be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, because iron breaks to pieces and shatters all things. And like iron that crushes, as you saw the iron mixed with soft clay, so they will mix with one another in marriage and they will not hold together, just as iron does not mix with clay. And in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall the kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and bring them to an end and it shall stand forever. Just as you saw that a stone was cut from a mountain by no human hand and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold. A great God has made known to the king what shall be after this. The dream is certain and its interpretation is sure. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for Your Word. and I thank You for the message of redemption that it gives us. Thank You for what it reveals to us about who You are, the sovereign creator and sustainer of the whole universe. But that also to any who would receive Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, that You give us the position of being Your adopted sons and daughters, that we may approach Your throne, that we may approach You as our Father who art in heaven, though you are holy and righteous because Christ's righteousness covers us and atones for our sin that we might approach your throne anytime, day or night, and His righteousness not of our own. God, bless our time as we look into this passage today. May your Holy Spirit just open our hearts and minds that we might see what we can glean from this to apply to our lives to live better lives for You, but also what it reveals to us about You. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Verse 36 says, This was the dream. Just a short four-letter sentence referring back to what Daniel had revealed to Nebuchadnezzar in verse 31 or beginning in verse 31, where Daniel before Nebuchadnezzar had said, You you saw, O king, and behold a great image. Daniel was telling Nebuchadnezzar his dream. Well, why on earth would he do that? You probably remember, but chapter 2 begins with an account The account of Nebuchadnezzar dreaming a dream. He was troubled by this dream. He called in all his wise men, the enchanters, the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and said, I've dreamed a dream. It's very troubling. My sleep's lost me. Tell me the dream and its interpretation, and I will give you great riches. The Chaldeans, enchanters, magicians said, Tell us the dream, and we'll tell you the interpretation. Nebuchadnezzar had said, no, I want the dream and the interpretation. Had he forgotten the dream? Perhaps was he considering the tricks and 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 past behavior of these magicians, knowing, okay, if I tell them, they're going to make up something that sounds good to me and... and, and, and fool me into thinking this is the interpretation. That's probably more the case. So he told them, if you can't tell me the dream and its interpretation, you're going to be torn limb from limb. Your houses are going to be made rubble. And we'll move on and we'll find some new magicians. During the course of those events, the king sent Ariok his his, the captain of his guards, his chief executioner, some would say, out to collect the wise men. None of them can tell the king his dream. They've even admitted that, saying that only the gods could do that, but the gods don't live among the men. When Ariok came to Daniel's house, Daniel said, give me some time so that I might learn the dream and learn its interpretation. Daniel knew that his God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, could tell dreams, could tell the interpretations. So Daniel went to his, his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, three companions who had also uh, been taken captive to Babylon at, around 605 B.C. They had all gone to the school of the Babylonians, to learn their language, their customs, their arts, but he didn't go to see what they had learned in school. He went, gathered his friends, and told them, We've, we must seek God's mercy concerning this mystery. They had a, an impromptu prayer meeting because they knew Ariok was, was coming back soon to to put them in the line of the Chaldeans, astrologers, enchanters, magicians, those who were going to be executed. They had this prayer meeting. They sought God's mercy and compassion and God revealed not only the interpretation of the dream to Daniel as God had done to to Joseph back in Egypt, but that God revealed to, to Daniel the dream itself. Daniel immediately praised God for what he had, had shown him and lifted up God's name there in, in chapter 2 and verse 20. We have the psalm of Daniel where he thanks God for revealing this to him. He praises God. He says that only God can reveal such mysteries and it's because God is, is full of wisdom and full of might and that, he, that Daniel lifted up the name of God and said, you change the times and the seasons. You remove the kings and set up kings. After God had finished praising the Lord, he went to Arioch and told him, okay, I'm ready to see the king. Daniel went in to Nebuchadnezzar, told him the dream there in verse 31. And now here in 36, we have the interpretation. So verse 36, this was the dream. it's, It's a continuation there, verse 35, where Daniel had told the king the dream. There are easy parts to the interpretation and there are hard parts to the interpretation. Look how Daniel begins the interpretation. He broke down in his description of the dream, what this statue was. was a head of gold, then its chest and arms were silver, the middle, meaning the abdomen, the belly and the thighs are bronze, the legs are iron, and then the feet are iron and clay. So he's starting at the top, which he's already told Nebuchadnezzar is fine gold, And in verse 37 and 38, he tells Nebuchadnezzar what this is. So if you look at the end of verse 37, he tells, I mean, verse 38, he tells Nebuchadnezzar, you are the head of gold. But he doesn't tell him, you, Nebuchadnezzar, are the head of gold first. First, he tells him how he became the head of gold. Verse 37, You, O king, the king of kings, to whom the God of heaven has given the kingdom, the power, and the might, and the glory, and in whose hand he has given wherever they dwell, children of men, beasts of the field, birds of the air, making you rule over them, God making you rule over them, you are the head of gold. Before Daniel tells Nebuchadnezzar that he's the head of gold he reminds him how he became the head of the gold the head of gold just as Daniel had proclaimed to Nebuchadnezzar Nebuchadnezzar said can you tell me the dream and its interpretation Daniel told him right off no wise men magicians astrologers can show the king the mystery that the king has asked in verse 28, but he says, but God. You know, those two best words, but God. No man can show you this, but there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries and made known to Nebuchadnezzar what your dream and the visions are. So before Daniel keep... What What do you want to call this? He has his priorities right. He has his theology right. He knows what the most important message of this dream and the interpretation is. Not to lift up Daniel's name, but to lift up the name of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Daniel's God, the God of all the heavens. Before he tries to impress the king with what he knows so that he might have these riches of rewards and great honor and gifts that the king had promised. Before he wants to receive that or put himself into position to receive that, Daniel wants to make sure that Nebuchadnezzar understands, even acknowledges, where his power came from, who is in control of these things, why Nebuchadnezzar is the head of of gold. That's got to be one application point, right? Daniel's priority wasn't to lift up Daniel's name to gain position. Daniel's priority is to lift up the name of the Lord, to lift up God. Daniel's 600 miles away from home. Now probably a late teen in captivity. Doesn't he have every right to be mad at God that here I am ripped out of my parents' house, ripped out of my home, taken to Babylon, forced to go to their school, forced to do all that. The ancients would would hold that whoever won the battle, their God was more powerful. Daniel doesn't see it that way. Daniel understands that though he's far away, God is still in control of his life, of Israel as a nation, and he's not intimidated by Nebuchadnezzar nor nor trying to rush to get to the good part. He He basically preaches to him first. The God of heaven has given you this kingdom. He's given you your power, your might, your glory. He's the one making you reign. You're the head. There are easy parts of the interpretation. There are hard parts. He goes on. After you, another kingdom will arise. And then a third kingdom of bronze. he says after you, after the head of of gold is gone, then there's gonna be a, a chest and arms of silver. That's relatively easy and not really controversial. What kingdom follows Babylon? The Medes and the Persians. They're silver, lesser in quality but bigger in quantity, the chest and the and the arms than the head. The Medo Persian Empire, beginning in 593 B.C., was larger in uh, geography than the Babylonian kingdom, but it was inferior in their organization, their political organization, their cultural life, the absolute authority of the king. So it's lesser, inferior in the quality, not necessarily the, the quantity. After the, 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 the Medes and Persians, who conquered them? What's the third kingdom? The kingdom of bronze. Alexander the Great, the Greeks that Alexander the Great conquered a, a land mass even greater than the Medes and the Persians, which was greater than the, the, the Babylonians. Yet it's, he, his, his kingdom was inferior as far as the, the, the quality as opposed to the quantity. The abdomen and the the thighs would be larger than the chest and the arms, which was larger than the head. But but the quality of the bronze is, is less than the quality of the silver and certainly the quality of the gold. So there's easy parts and there's hard parts. The fourth kingdom says we'll be as strong as iron so it's stronger, but the value is less than the gold, the silver, or the bronze. The quality is not as great, though the quantity is larger. The fourth kingdom being Rome, that comes in and, and, and conquers Greece. There's a kingdom that includes the east and the west. The Roman iron that, that broke and shattered kingdom after kingdom in a, in a crushing, defeating manner that came in and, and, and destroyed Alexander's kingdom. But look how the legs move into the feet. As you saw the feet and the toes, they were partly potter's clay and partly iron, a divided kingdom, with some of the firmness of the iron, yet it's mixed with soft clay. The toes of the feet were partly iron and partly clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly brittle. Verse 43, as you saw the iron mixed with soft clay, So they will mix with one another in marriage, but they will not hold together just as the iron does not mix. And in the days of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed, nor shall that kingdom be left to another people. It shall break in pieces all these kingdoms and bring them to an end, and it shall stand forever. Just as you saw that a stone was was cut from a mountain by no human hand, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold. There are easy things to interpret and difficult things to interpret. James Montgomery Boyce, his commentary on Daniel, says that such prophecies are one proof of the Bible's inspiration, but they are also proof of God's sovereignty, which is the dominant theme of Daniel. Boy says that Daniel's the magnificent story of the triumph of Daniel and three other godly men in the midst of moral and spiritual demise in ancient Babylon but it's also a record of important visions that prophesy both immediate and distant events. The head of gold is Nebuchadnezzar. That's easy. It's pretty easy to deduce, to deduce that the, the chest and arms of silver are the Medo Persian Empire that the abdomen and legs of bronze are Greece and that the legs going into the feet are the Roman Empire but what about the, the mixed the dividedness of the legs and the feet and the toes the, the feet and toes being mixed with clay Maybe not so easy. But jumping to the end, we've got another easy part. That divided kingdom will be will be smashed by the stone cut out of a mountain by no human hands. Who is the stone? And we're going to come back to the feet and the toes. Don't don't worry. The rock that's uncut by human hands is is christ it says the psalmist says the stone that the builders rejected has become the capstone the lord has done this and it is marvelous to our eyes isaiah in chapter 28 said i i lay a stone in zion A tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a a sure foundation. The one who trusts will never be dismayed. Peter quotes that passage in Isaiah. As well as says, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. Peter also calls it a stone that causes man to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. Those passages make it, make it clear that the rock in Nebuchadnezzar's dream is Jesus Christ, a divine Christ not made of human hands. The mountain of his dream is his kingdom. That's the easy part. The difficult part is just where in history does all this take place? Is it? Present here now? Does it refer to the church and its expansion, or is it, or is it something coming later? We know that John the Baptist came preaching repent for the kingdom of God is it is at hand, but has that kingdom reached its? ultimate fulfillment? No. Even though the church has expanded and, and touches many parts of the globe, it, it seems that the best way to look at this mixture of iron and, and clay is in, in coming years, before, the second coming of Christ when Christ will then come and set up His, his earthly kingdom. Dr. Walford says probably the best solution to the problem is, is the familiar teaching that Daniel prophesies actually passes over the present age and the period between the first and second coming of Christ or more specifically the period between Pentecost and the rapture of the church, there is there's nothing unusual about such a solution as the Old Testament prophecy lumps together predictions concerning the first and the second coming without regard for the millennial that lay between. J.A. here, who writes the uh, message of Daniel, the Daniel Commentary in the series The Bible Speaks Today says that there there are various views of of when and what these kingdoms make up, slightly different lists of successions. And then he says, we can at least reserve our final judgment until we have studied the whole book, especially chapter 7. So this dream that Nebuchadnezzar has that Daniel records these events falls into his, his whole writing and, and that we'll see more in, in, in chapter 7 and chapter 11 that, that give us more details. But what is the point here? The main point of Daniel's interpretation is not the precise period of history in which the kingdom of Christ will grow and fill the earth or how it will happen, but that it will happen and the kingdoms of of this world will be scattered before the kingdom of Christ. That with the first coming of Jesus we know that He conquered sin and death but Rome went on the western um, part of the empire for an, another 350 plus years, the eastern empire for over a thousand years beyond that. Rome was intermingled with, with other nations. Some have it to be a European alliance of the, the, the iron and the, and the clay or NATO, but every time a country enters or exits European Union or NATO, it kind of throws the numbers off. So just precisely what it, what it means. We don't know and we probably won't know until the Lord returns. The point is that just as Daniel predicted, or told Nebuchadnezzar that his dream predicted, that these four successive kingdoms would come about, that so too the fifth kingdom will come about. That he said the dream is certain and the interpretation is, is sure, that being that God's kingdom will one day be set up. It'll break in pieces all the other kingdoms. It'll bring them to an end and it will stand forever. It won't be replaced by another group of people. It'll never fall. It'll stand forever. That was the message to Nebuchadnezzar, and it's a message to, to people today, where you putting your, your hope in a particular political party, a particular uh, philosophy, or in Jesus Christ. In Psalm 2, the writer said, Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves up, and the rulers take take counsel together against the Lord and against His anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away the cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs, The Lord holds them in derision. Then He will speak to them in His wrath and terrify them in His fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with the rod of iron and dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel, the iron and the clay. Now therefore, O kings, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, let him be angry, and you perish in the way, lest he be angry and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Bless all who take refuge in him. Where is your refuge? Is it in the Lord or is it in something else? God gave Nebuchadnezzar this dream as he was laying there on his bed wondering what's going to happen next. The dream was for Nebuchadnezzar initially, but because of the events and Nebuchadnezzar's need to understand them, we find an Israelite teenager being involved being drawn into the to the drama. God revealed to Daniel the dream, the interpretation. Because of that, He shared it with the Israelites, the others in captivity, and eventually with us. The main point is not when it's going to happen, but that it will happen. And the kingdoms of this world will be destroyed and scattered before it. Verse 46, Then Nebuchadnezzar fell upon his face and paid homage to Daniel and commanded that an offering and incense be offered up to him. The king answered and said to Daniel, Truly your God is God of gods, Lord of kings, revealer of mysteries, for you have been able to reveal this mystery. Then the king gave Daniel high honors and many great gifts had made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief prefect over all the wise men of Babylon. Daniel made a request of the king and he appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that's Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah they're Babylonian names, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon but Daniel remained at the king's court. So Nebuchadnezzar, realizing that Daniel knew the dream, realized that his interpretation was true, that he was the head of gold. He also said, Your God is God of gods, Lord of kings, revealer of mysteries. Nebuchadnezzar is not a true believer at this point, but he is willing to elevate the God of Daniel above all other gods." Then we see that Daniel got great honors, was made to rule the province of Babylon, was chief prefect, and also appointed his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. God is preparing for the next two waves, the final two waves of captives and exiles coming to Babylon one of their countrymen, Daniel, is being installed here as over the province of Babylon chief prefect in about 602 BC when in 597 more captivity captives will come and 586 even more and Jerusalem will be destroyed so that we see God's mercy and and watch care for Israel even before the final destruction of Jerusalem he's put one of his people Daniel, a teenager in position to make intercession for them. Father I thank you for for your word God for this account of seemingly common event of a king's dream over 2,000 years ago and how you shared that dream with Daniel and he was able to explain it to Nebuchadnezzar but also for our benefit to know that all kingdoms on this earth will perish and be destroyed by Christ when He comes that He will shatter them and set up an everlasting kingdom that will stand forever that no one will be able to take away. God, as we look forward to that day, may we be active and about your work in sharing the message the hope of redemption that's available to anyone who would receive Christ as their Savior. It's in His name I pray. Amen.